You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 257 of the Central Indian's Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I am joined by my forever co-host, Dakota Davis. How we doing, buddy? That's right. Today's episode features Mr. Devin Guffey. We're going to be talking to Devin about all kinds of things, but uh, mainly with him we're going to be talking about competitive fishing and what that whole entire world looks like. This is all new to me, Devin, in case you didn't know by the questions I put in the show notes. I, have, I know nothing about it. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the uh, Henry County Bicentennial opened the time capsule. You mispronounced it. What did I say? You said oh, Bicentennial. The Bicentennial Committee. They opened the time capsule over the weekend. That's exciting. And then uh, at the very end of the show, we're going to talk about some tornadoes that hit close to home. Um, just yesterday, yeah, last night. Indeed. So uh, make sure you stick around until the very end. I think that we have some, some good knowledge that can come out of that, so you'll want to hear it. This show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you'll always learn something new. If you are a member of our Patreon, uh, you learned – about something horrible I accidentally did. It wasn't horrible. It was just a, it was a learn by mistakes mm-hmm. situation. Trial and error. Trial and the, error. Growing up on the farm. It's horrible if you live in Noblesville. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> it's, it's everyday life if you live in Fountain City. So it just depends on your location. So the gravity of the situation. Noted patron and former prosecutor, Craig DaCosta. I'm sure he'll listen to it and he'll give us feedback and let us know. Mm-hmm. Just there's this there's a sign the billboard uh, that I think PETA does about where do you draw the line between animals and pets mm-hmm. and it's like somewhere in here right around here we'll let Craig have the ruling and decide which side of the line I fell on that one here's the thing when it comes to stuff like that this I'm gonna go off on a little tangent here um, so like every Mother's Day and stuff you see people that talk about like well I don't have kids but I have my dogs I th- I might have thought that at one point in time. Because I love my dogs, but I'm telling you. I right swear now, to God, if this is good, if this story ends with, but I'll eat them if it, I have to. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. <laughs> after having a kid, I have a son. If it meant that my son was going hungry and starving, I'd kill my dogs to feed them. Yeah, but you're going to have literally dozens of That's rabbits. That's how it is. That's just how it is. The love that you have for your children is nothing like what it is for your for your pets. You may think it is before you have children. I did. I may, I fell into that trap. Oh, not me. Time. I am heartless. But <laughs> I'm telling you, it's totally different. So just, you know, fair I, bit of warning. I'm a big fan of my dogs. And uh, when we complete the life cycle, you know what that means? You get a new dog. Time to get a puppy. Yeah. It's just sure. that it's Or the, a near identical replacement <laughs> to your last dog. <laughs> Zach, Zach, tonight you are really making it sound like I have a problem. <laughs> You replace Riley with Miley. <laughs> Riley? No, no it's, it's the, the dog's name is 
Oh, hey, Rob. I mean, Nash. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, be- the best part is that we are getting ready to make the same trip we did two years ago, which was the completion of our time with Riley. Uh, so the, the Google machine had, you know, the Google photos come up and it's it like you've to, already made the trip. It likes to show you pictures <laughs> from what you were doing two years ago or three years ago or whatever. So now we're getting inundated with these pictures of, of Riley in his, uh, in his last great journey. It is so uh, sad. Like to have a dog put down is the worst thing in the world. Let's not talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> be worse patreon.com slash boss hog liberty if you've listened to the show for a very long time then you probably remember back in the days where we would make our guests like mr devin guffey who's sitting here right now sit through and suffer through a 30 minute portion of us just talking about what went on in our lives for the last week uh now we do that in the patreon portion uh but we, we still <laughs> but we still, still make our we guests still make the guests sit through it however we get paid for it yeah. right yeah. yeah so if you if you are a long time listener and you're wondering where that segment went then you can sign up at patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty and go hear it there you also get show notes before the show you get access to a super secret facebook group all kinds of really good stuff occasionally we will send out gifts and there are some other bonus benefits along the way but if you sign up at $50 or more a month, then you get a shout-out at the front of every episode. Those folks are long-haul trucker friend who has sent us pictures of beef jerky from Montana. Mr. Anthony Meyer. Then we have Mr. Jonathan Phillips, our favorite car dealer in the continental United States. And then Miss Christy Avery, the most generous person that we know uh, from all the way in Fort Wayne. So uh, we also have T-Chip stores. We're going to be dropping a link to those in the live stream chat so that it uh, is easy for you to click on all of that stuff. For, uh, for the folks from Devin's fan base that are watching, we are, we're on Facebook Live. We're also a podcast, so you can subscribe on uh, Spotify, iTunes, BossHogLiberty.com, anywhere podcasts are sold. And YouTube, but, uh, you know. We're efforting. We're efforting some of the – the YouTube is a back-end thing. It's not the live stream. No cap, for real, for real, we're not on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, Devin is here, and he does have he does have some TikTok fame. We are mostly going to try to talk about fishing with him. Uh, I I don't think there will be any barking involved or whatever the hell else you do. Absolutely uh, not. Yeah, none of, none of that because I don't think Zach can get the the right music queued up yeah, to no, do that to no. do that crap. Uh, but uh, crap. But that stuff. Wow. Yeah, it, I, it's cool. It's, it's okay. I mean, I like <laughs> talking do, about fishing more to, to so. do those assorted okay. things. But you have you have developed quite the following over over there as well, uh, all right on on the on the Chinese app. Yes, exactly. The uh, bicep- I'm trying to make myself sound as old and impossible <laughs> as I can. The bicentennial uh, opened the time capsule. We had Scott Frost and Miss Carrie Barrett. They were on the show last week, and we talked to them about everything that's going on with the Henry County 200 bicentennial celebration. Um, there was a time capsule buried in 1972 by the citizens of Henry County, and apparently, back in 1972, we didn't know how to waterproof things very well. Uh, so, Devin, they, are you aware of this? Did you see that? Uh, I, wa- I watched it. I looked at it on Facebook. Um, I saw the all the pictures. Didn't really read any of the words, but definitely looked at the pictures. <laughs> Top to bottom, left to right, yep. put the sounds together. The best part was I found out my mom, her summer job was... That the sesquicentennial. She was the waterproof. And I was like, and after they got open, I was like, Jane, I don't know if I'd be telling anybody that you were on yeah. that. You were on that committee. <laughs> so I just <laughs> insulted your mother. I mean, cool, cool. Yeah, cool, I don't think cool. she, she didn't have anything to do with that. But that was her her summer job was just like they had an office uh, just around the corner here in the uh, in the Church Street gym, 
and like sold merch and had all kinds of things. She had like thousands of people involved and yeah, it was like a, a huge deal for the entire summer. I said, well, apparently you didn't have anybody assigned to waterproofing the time capsule. I so, was like, because it looked Well, they first rough. get to the top of it and it is in a like concrete. It's in a vault. Vault. Yeah. Yes. yes. And so then, you're like, okay. It, and then it appears okay. that they use some sort of a box made out of wood paneling. That's yeah, just like plywood. It's yeah. probably, you walk into a house from the 70s and they have that fake wood paneling up everywhere. Yeah, it looked about like that thick. They probably just used that from a construction site. Yeah. It looked, I mean, it was, and it was that, you couldn't actually tell what the box really looked like because the picture I saw, it was in pieces. Yeah. The minute they cracked open. She's like, well, it was in like concrete. I was like, yeah, and concrete's porous. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they so they've learned a lot of lessons. There's going to be another time capsule put in the ground. Somebody is feverishly in a, in a figuring out how to seal it up right now. I bet. And I, I think that they we've started to see people using waterproof tubes and waterproof cases for items yeah, that if, are going to go into the new time capsule. If you're a local business, I think that you can sponsor one of the waterproof tubes and have your logo put on the top. But of it. I, when I picture a time capsule, I don't know about anybody else, but I picture like a metal or plastic. Like, like container. A I don't picture like a wooden, like a casket, like essentially like a balsa wood <laughs> yeah, like casket a thrown in a funeral vault. I picture like a metal canister that you open up and it's got stuff in it. So, I think of um, a treasure chest. So anyway, I think that's what they did. Yeah, I think it was a treasure yeah. chest. So <laughs> it also probably ruins any dreams of finding buried treasure, Dakota. Uh, although cool. buried treasure generally isn't paper. Correct, and that's right. that's what didn't do so well. So the money the, was a little bit different. Though. The notes, the cards, the photographs. Some of those didn't do that great. There's some, there's a handful of them that did that have come out in the historical societies cataloging. The, it. the third graders in 1972 that they <laughs> took a field trip that day out of school, and they were like, "We're gonna have you put a letter for, to your future self <laughs> in, the, in the time capsule." And they're like, "Wow, this is cool." And they open it up, and they're like, well, it's mulch. So friend, friend of the show, Tom Saunders, wrote, he said he wrote a letter to himself, actually to his family, because it, 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 all the politicians gave speeches, and Tom said, I had no idea that I would actually still be alive in 2022. So he wrote it to the family of Tom Saunders of Louisville, Indiana, because he had no expectations of being there. That is, that is something I would do. He was 22. Like I could never that, live fifty that is more years. Exactly what I would do. I'd be like, I'm not gonna be seventy. <laughs> so, so Tom, 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 they get ready to open it. And Tom's not only, like, wait, not only is Tom still alive, Tom's still in office. Yes, like yes. he hadn't even started, but he's still. He's Tom's a, still healthy. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He's he's like he's just retiring from being in politics. Like still seated in office and hasn't been for most of the time this is that time capsule's been in the ground. In nineteen seventy two he thought he would already be dead for thirty, thirty five years yeah. at this point. And they barely remembered him. So so he's like, Yeah, there should be this letter in here he's addressed like, to my family. I have family. <laughs> and some coins. And and so what did come through and, and we've seen some photos of it. Uh, or the, there were a bunch of bicentennial coins that got buried, some specialty spoons, some items like basically the more durable items. So if you think of an archaeological dig, the pottery and that kind of stuff is what they always dig up, right? Oh, yeah. That's what's happened here. So if you want to leave yourself a note in this one, Dakota, I would say chisel it into some sort of a stone and then have that thrown in there. I have a recording of the Boss Hog of Liberty podcast going in. So we've been talking about that for months. And at this point, I'm... 
I don't I'm, know if it's I'm somewhat I, well. It's not that. It's I'm somewhat concerned about the durability of whatever the hell we put it in. It needs to go in a the vessel of of vessels to survive. I'm thinking one of those. I have one, Aaron Dickin. If Aaron is listening to this, he's in the chat. Okay, Aaron, please reach out to me. I have a, a phone case made for uh, kayaking. That could probably work pretty well. Oh, good. A used, we'll put it in a let's, <laughs> let's, oh, There's nothing better than a used kayaking it's thing to put in there. It's a pelican case. Well, it was, it, I, think the, I think we need that. And I think everybody needs to go get all those little silica packets that come in your stuff to keep <laughs> And we just, just yeah, pack just it with those them. To, just to absorb the moisture. Yeah. We can just put it in a Ziploc bag. Damp yeah. Ziploc bags are around for like a thousand years before they decompose, so. But, yeah, there's probably enough microplastic in the dirt now that it's <laughs> really a non-issue. It was, I mean, that was a bit of a because they put a lot of effort into the like they kind of they uncovered it on Friday. Aaron was super nice and, and was Facebook living that, and they had it so they that way they knew where it was because they weren't exactly sure where it was. Um, and then they started back on it at noon. It's and all the festivities. There was a pretty big crowd down there. They had a Broad Street crew. There was a the phenomenal time. crowd. Yeah. It was it, so on, everybody's somewhat disappointed, but I think it's still great. You show, it showed up. How many people cared? How many people were out there was phenomenal. The, they asked for a raise of hands of how many people were there when it was buried, and there were hundreds, uh, hundreds of people there. And I'd say a third of the crowd was there fifty years ago. Which is awesome. And some stuff made it through, and you, you've learned lessons. Just like in Patreon, we're going to learn from that one. Is basically, you know, sometimes it doesn't right. always work out perfect. Right. You but, make a note. Yeah. Were you there with your spiral notebook? <laughs> <laughs> and here's the one thing Aaron points out there's no notes whatsoever to go off. I was supposing, like, in the how you deal with it. But, like, I did the torch run and I was like, I could have come up with some suggestions on how to make that work better. But, like, how much of that do you think is going to be relevant the next time? Because the next time is in 50 years. Like, how many people are planning anything 50 years in, in advance? And who knows, whatever we do now when they bury that one, in 50 years they could be laughing at us, being like, why would they, go to, why would they do this? And it's just like, well, that's a lot of time. I mean, 50 years, three years after the first guy walked on the moon. De- Devin, hey, will be, Devin will be 70. Yep. If you talk, I'll if be, you talk I'll be 89. crap about it, if you talk crap about it, I'll punch you in the mouth. <laughs> I'll be 76 years old. And I, I'll be at that age where I just don't care anymore. <laughs> You'll be, I'll be 89. I told my my sons were looking down the hole. They thought that was the best thing was just looking at this big hole in front of the courthouse. And I'm like, yeah, when you get, when they open this back up, you'll I, be 59, and your brother will be, and I'll be 89. And my my oldest was like, you're going to be around then. I'm like, I don't know. Let's hope. Like, you be optimistic. Dakota is going to be Jack Lalane, which again is one that only Zach is going to know who the hell Jack Lalane is. Barely. But uh, you gentlemen can both Google him. And, yeah. I'm uh, have it, to. It, yeah. Uh, but Dakota's going to be the Jack LaLanne of, uh, of Newcastle in 2072. I don't know who that is. Your, where the hell is your Google machine? Okay. <laughs> All right. The chat, the chat cares. Um, Zach, you, you ran. You, you, were, you did your part. You carried the torch. Yeah. Was it spectacular? Did you feel like the weight of the county was At on you? At first, it was incredibly embarrassing because I picked it up in uh, Grant City, which is, I figured, oh, which, which is a blink of a, a little town. Like it's four or five houses, and one of them was having an open house. And anytime that they went into a town, the police escort went full lights and sirens. And like, I was like, <laughs> so oh, you gosh. were on display. Yeah, I was like, this is not, I was like, this is the most fuss for a run I've ever dealt with in my life. Cause the entourage, as my mom, my mom was incredibly amused by this, was uh, 
three police cruisers, the bookmobile, and an ambulance. <laughs> the bookmobile. The bookmobile was the mobile support vehicle, and I did not use it, but I got there were some snacks that got handed to me when I got done, and there was a bathroom on it. I guess the one I had there were two guys I know, um, Daniel Chu, who uh, does like home appliance and stuff. He's ex, he's an incredible runner, and Casey Carmichael, who's also a very good runner. They were like the backup runners, so they rode on this bus. One of them did a six-hour shift from 6 a.m. to noon, and the other one did a six-hour shift from noon to 6 p.m. Wow. And um, they said, I was like, and I was giving one of them a hard time trying to figure out where they were because I wouldn't need to know where I was going to show up. And it was like, I was like, oh, hey, is, I was like, is there a lot of good books on the bookmobile? And he's like, lots of books, not so much air conditioning. And I was like, you're kidding. I was like, is this like a shore power thing? Whatever. He's like, yeah, they can't run the AC while it's running. It was hot that day it was not un- intolerable but it was that's the bookmobile is meant to be parked with the ac <laughs> running and he said it was it got a little bit rough because when i ran it was probably like 82 or so but there was not a cloud in the sky it was just mm-hmm. extreme sun and i ran i had a, I had a shortish leg i guess compared to some people i picked i did pick it up off uh carrie barrett's husband uh dr barrett and i i think he'd run about three or three and a half i did 2.6 but with no turns just in a straight i just ran 2.6 miles south that was all i did and i gave it to somebody who uh to jeff waterson who picked it up and ran into nice town i looked him up i hope i don't like him <laughs> I kind, of a, kind of a stud kind yeah of a stud. he is a stud jack Lalane was the ultimate uh he was the <laughs> There's a character There's in Arrested a, Development that was ba- ba- based on him as well. Here's a more uh, our generational. Um, <laughs> Jack, Jack Lane was built born in like 1914. This is nobody's generation. <laughs> okay, the, okay the, yeah, this tells you. He's okay. the greatest generation. Have you ever had somebody whose name you thought you knew their name, and then you saw their name, and you had? I have heard that name. Have never heard it assigned to a gender before. So I thought that it was like a Jacqueline Lane. Uh, yeah, like so. I did not have like, like Jacqueline. Yes. I did I took the first part I, of that last I, name and was attaching it to the next name. I feel like I'm going to be more like Irving Zisman. So oh is, my uh, gosh, we're just going like everybody's is, Google's just going. Uh yeah. Irving Zisman is the name of Johnny Knoxville's old man character <laughs> from Jackass. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. So so Jack Jack Lalane was when I was at, when I was once again, I grew up in the, the essentially the 1940s, but the 1990s with three TV channels, maybe four if the wind blew right and we could get Channel 29 for Pacers games. Uh, Jack Lalane was selling juicers, so it was basically like the power juicer, whatever the hell it was. So old man, super strong, you know, you would just you would juice kel- cel- yeah, celery and carrots and all that yeah. shit. Yeah, exactly. It was, he, he was juicing. He was selling the power juicers at 79, 80 years old, doing these stupid human tricks. And you could be just like this too, you little kid. I like his, uh, he's got these cut off, like leather et jumpsuits that he wears in all of his uh, workout pictures. Dakota, in the, if, in the 1990s, fitness was Jack LaLanne and... Uh, <laughs> And Richard, uh, what the hell? Zach, help me out with the name. Um, Jeremiah. Oh, I, know. <laughs> I was Googling Jack LaLanne juicer, and it's a lot of juicers, but not a lot of Jack LaLanne. But yeah, he wore a, a blue, like, yeah. just like a blue exercise. Yeah, that'll, that'll be Dakota here in about eh, 30, 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> Except he'll be, be, be fueled by chickens and bunnies. Yeah, I'll be putting the bunnies in my juicer. 
<laughs> oh, I'm trying so okay. hard to work this out. Well, let's so, talk. So, speaking of animals that we consume, <clears throat> let's talk about um, the. Let's talk to the angler in the room. Oh, good. Good use choice. Richard Simmons. There we go. Zach Lee came up with it. Oh, the, yeah. two, the two people were Jack LaLanne and Richard Simmons, which are absolutely completely out of... Uh, do you know who Richard Simmons is? Oh, I bet he would if he saw him. Yes, yes. I know who Richard Simmons is. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of hard to... He still pops up every once in a while. If Richard Simmons was a very popular in the early 2000s. Yeah, in the 90s and early 2000s, it's the peak of... <laughs> He would show up once in a while on Whose Line Is gigantic, It Anyway? Yeah. And the gigantic just is a, was a monster on Whose Line Is It and Anyway? Regis, with Regis Philbin. Constantly yeah. live with Regis. Just anybody he was on. Because if you had a person who could just deadpan and like not laugh at whatever he was doing, because he'd be just off the wall, it was pretty funny. I'm moving us on to fishing. Okay. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. I love this topic. Better actually. angle. All right. So here we get to the hard-hitting questions. Devin, uh, let's talk a little bit about your past. I mean, I know you're still young, but I'm assuming that you grew up fishing. Or what, is this something that's relatively recent to you? No, yeah. Um, I grew up fishing. My, uh, me and my papa used to go out there, you know, Summit, Prairie Creek, er- everywhere around. Um, I started fishing young when I was in diapers, and I, I've loved it ever since. And uh, about freshman year of high school, I started getting serious about it. Um, Fished some high school tournaments. Uh, got to go down with uh, Tanner Sharp to the high school world finals down in Alabama. That was one of a kind. So, does Blue River Valley have a high school fishing team? Is it a high school age people get to do this? How how is this how does this part work? No, so it was actually uh, Henry County Bassin. We like put put a team together. Um, Dakota Ball. I don't know if you know who that is. He uh, him and my buddy Damon went and fished the Indiana Championship. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they have school, high school fishing teams. We tried, uh, it just didn't, didn't work out. It went about as well you as know. blue river football. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, undefeated, you know, since 1966, but, but yeah, um, I mean, it's just been something I grew up with. I love doing it. I kind of got out of it for a little bit, moved to Florida. It's kind of hard to do it there. Um, it's a different kind of fishing in Florida. Yes, yes. Yes. So you got really started in the high school fishing tournaments, but you were not in high school anymore. No. Um, so now I just got back from Florida about a month ago. Um, I'm fishing Tuesday night derbies, you know, with the old guys uh, <laughs> just around. This weekend I have a big tournament coming up uh, at Potoka. It's a two-day top top eight tournament, and uh, I'm fishing as a co-angler. So how does this work? You guys are looking for – you've got a certain number of hours and days, and you're, you're trying to find a five bass that weigh as much as possible? Yeah, yeah. So you go out there. It's usually like seven to three, eight to three anywhere. Sometimes they'll, they'll do it in the night. You have to get up god awful early. Yeah, yeah. Three thirty, four thirty. Um, you go out there, try to catch some swamp donkeys. You know, anything above fourteen inches in Indiana. I believe Patoka's fifteen. But um, have you fished Patoka before? I did. I, I fished this this same tournament. Fished it uh, three years ago. Something down there. It's a gigantic lake. It is. It's like, a very like big lake. Stuff around here, 800, 900 acres, it's, you, know, you can kind of figure it out. You go to Patoka, and it's you got to have a plan. Yeah, right? I mean, you gotta, you got to live close, really. I mean, that's a far drive from here. So luckily, uh, the boater I drew lives 10 minutes from the lake, so ho- hoping that uh, gives me something to work with. So, so you, you just said that you drew a boater. Yeah, so uh, for some tournaments, uh, there, there's boaters and co-anglers. So the boater, obviously, he, it's his boat. Um, and there's co-anglers. That's the guy in the back of the boat. Uh, they 
basically put all the names in a random hat, draw it. You either get really lucky or, mm. you know, not so much. So Wow, that's interesting. So that really keeps... So you have no relationship with the person you're going to be with, other uh, than maybe no. talking to them for a couple of days ahead of time. Yep, yep. So Wow. It's, so it's, kinda, it's awesome, really, though, because, I mean, you get, to, you get to learn a lot. Um, meet new people. This is yeah. Dakota's nightmare. Is he, it, takes him, kinda, it takes him months to decide he wants to talk to somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that kind of keeps things fair, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, in, in a way, um, some boaters can kind of suck. They... Don't want you if you're catching fish and they're not catching fish. It's like, what what are you doing on the boat? You know, like I'm they'll they'll position the boat you know to where you can't catch them. But all in all, to where you're casting deep and they've got the shoreline. Yeah, exactly. So, so how much does technology matter in this? Like, you've got somebody that could you could draw a guy that spent three thousand dollars on 3D sonar equipment to be able to see in the water, or you could have a guy who has a seventy four dollar black and white screen that's this big that can't see yeah. anything uh it Does really it matter it it can uh it really depends how much time you spend on the lake um so they come out with the new fish finders that have live scope you can literally drop your bait down it's like a video game they'll come up you'll see the fish hit the bait um wow so it, it puts a it puts a twist on things because right now uh you have money you're doing a little bit better um it, it is fishing electronics are pretty important in tournaments nowadays you've got to go out and scan lakes uh in the professional tournaments they have three days of practice they go out scan a lake side imaging you know down down imaging sonar uh you just got to find the fish really so so if you're if you are in a professional tournament you go out there you look you look you look you figure out where your spots are and then you and then you go and that's why these guys have motors that are two 300 horsepower yeah yeah two 250 is actually the max in all bass fishing tournaments so but yeah i mean they fly they, they get it going so what's your boat uh i've got a 96 ranger 95 actually 95 96 it's one of the two i don't i don't even remember i got a 150 johnson on the back i've got electronics that are probably older than you um i'm actually about to pick some new ones up uh, so, so it, it doesn't scoot like all the rest of them scoot, but I, I just love it. You know, I mean, I'm out there on the water doing my thing. That's, that's it. So Dakota, how much time have you spent fishing? Uh, not a whole lot. We did it whenever I was younger and my grandpa, um, uh, well, my grandma's ex-husband had a boat on a canal in their retirement village in Florida. Um, so we did some fishing down there with him and always would fry it up but never never anything serious always just like going out for a few hours for the heck of it and and that's what a lot of people do you know they go out popper fish bluegill fish but yeah i'm i'm all in you know if you ain't first you're last so of course you know like uh so we camp on brookville and they yearly stock brookville with uh brookville is like this is the state breeding area for walleye yep so you can always, if you know somebody who knows when the, uh, the stocking time is, you can always do pretty well in walleye. Yeah. So is it always bass? Is that your go-to? Uh, yeah, that's, that's my thing. I, I bass fish. I mean, you can, uh, they have um, carp tournaments. They have catfish tournaments too, but I'm, I can't sit around. You know, I think I got ADHD. I'm always going, you know. You want to be moving. I'm zipping. You know, every which way. I'm not sitting waiting for my bobber to go down. So are there tournaments where it's like, how many fish 
can you catch uh, a certain amount of time? So actually, they just came out with a new format, uh, Major League Fishing. Um, that's kind of what all the bass – there's there's three, uh, Bass Master Elite Series, uh, Fishing League Worldwide, it's FLW, and MLF. Um, all the guys from FLW and Bassmaster Elite switched to MLF. They have a one-pound limit. Um, like the fish has to be one pound, and you can catch as many fish. That's that's basically the new pro circuit is you catch as many fish as you can yeah. above one pound, and they they go out there and get them. It's top of the notch. I mean, Jacob Wheeler, he's from Indiana. He's leading today, actually. I, I don't know what, what the results came back as, but he's one of the most winningest um, professionals right now. So how what does it take to become a sponsored athlete if you're talking about becoming a professional angler? Uh, really spending time on the water uh, and obviously posting on social media. You don't even have to post on social media, but obviously that's going to get more brand notice. Um, but it, tournaments help a lot. I mean, if you're catching fish, people know you're catching fish. You're a good salesman, good spokesman. Um, you can get sponsors uh, through high school. You know, I, I had a couple little sponsors that helped us out with uh, the, the high school tournaments. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you, you use their brand. Um, you catch fish with them. You've got to – if you're the MEPS guy, you can't be caught throwing uh, – You know, you Zoom. Can't, can't be caught, yeah. Yum. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, but, I mean, that's – everybody does it. Pro anglers, they're, they're going to they're gonna, uh, market their, their baits. They're going to shove it in your face. At the end of the day, they're gonna fish with what's catching fish. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's it's a fun game. Um, it gets stressful. A lot of people don't understand what it does mentally to you. A lot of people think you're just going out there kind of fishing, but it's very know, competitive. You, you I, get I to tell. you get to twelve one o'clock on a tournament day that ends at three, and you've got one maybe two fish in the live well. You're freaking out, you know. And in your mind, you're like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So. I could see that. Yeah. So what's your go-to? So if, if you're, you're fishing a lake, you haven't done very much, and obviously you're hoping this time that you're going to have somebody that's, that, that's experienced on a lake, but are you saying, okay, I'm going to go look at a lake, and I'm going to say I'm going to go fish 15 feet off, look, at a, look for points, and just you're going soft plastics, you're going top water. What's the, what's the, what actually catches fish? What do, what do you guys actually do? Well, like another like spending time on the water uh you got to know where where the fish are what they're you kind of got to know their next move you know in those two-day tournaments um you got to know their next move so are, are they shallow are they deep uh right now the spawns are just getting over so they're suspending the big mamas are going out deep you know ready to go munch on some shad um in the mornings if it's if it's a new lake i've never fished I go up throw top water most of the time um, or I go straight to ledges uh, and points. You know, down south they fish just straight ledges, uh, Pickwick, uh, Alabama, all those. Those are a lot bigger, bigger lakes and deeper lakes. So, so when you're saying a, this is what people may not think about or what you, what people are realizing, you look at a lake and you think it all looks the same from up above. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you if you realize that a lot of our lakes are actually old flooded creeks, so there's a dam built and there's natural terrain. Yeah, and the fish have something that they're looking to do. Yeah, in that so terrain. they're they're wanting to to bunch up where other fish are coming to, you know. Um, so like main bank main bank points, um, they'll they'll be out out of a cove, you know. So there's a cove in the back. Those fish go up there and spawn early spring. Um, you want they they're going to come back out on that main bank point. You know, the water's a little bit cooler. Uh, the the uh, it'll go from about you know five ten feet to twenty, you know, and those fish just sit there anything that comes hopping their way 
and and a lot of the uh, lakes down south have current you know flowing through them these indiana lakes up here don't really have much but uh that that's a big thing uh in the summer you're, you're fishing deep you know it's the the water's baking you know at 80 85 degrees those fish don't want to be up there so that that's my thing i just kind of follow what the fish are doing if i can what's the difference between fishing in a river and a lake um there's not not too much of a difference i don't think um the river the rivers are smaller um they don't have as much i mean they're always flowing like flowing flowing you just got to find since there's current in the river they're going to find every current break they can a tree a stump a rock um the the creeks that go in the back you know um but other than that there's just there's not a there's not a whole lot different i mean i guess i'm just kind of like so going out in the middle of a river that's flowing and just casting your line willy-nilly yeah i mean not likely to get anything yeah unless like i said like those ledges if you can find a ledge right out in the middle that's that's the thing money i mean that's what that's what it is at this point uh whoever has the the best sonar they're gonna go out there and look i mean this is you know a 20 foot ledge you're not gonna catch fish on 20 foot ledge five foot ledge you know um you'll probably catch some fish because there's a current break right there those those bait fish are gonna come over they're gonna come up over the top eat it um but it is it's it is it's a lot more tough in the river uh rocky point you know anything in the ohio river it's tough and that's why folks spend the money in the electronics so people may not realize it but you've got a if you've got a bass boat you probably have some sort of a gps system so that you can say hey at this exact spot in the lake this is where the river this is where the the terrain changes Mm -hmm. so you know that that's the spot you want to go and especially the lakes down south, you almost need GPS. I'm I'm awful with direction, you know. Like I, if I, if I had a tail, I'd probably Devin, lose it. Devin so. trying to find this studio in the town he grew up in. He was three blocks away and called me, completely lost. I, well, you know, I put I put the address in my GPS. You would think I'd know Newcastle better because this is where I'm from. But I'm you know over there on the other side of the courthouse, and I'm calling Jeremiah, and I'm like, hey man. I don't know if I'm just stupid or where I'm at, (laughs) but yeah, it it took me a minute, a couple loops around the block, but as a person who's only seven years older than you, I can tell you that I definitely feel like I've become way too reliant on GPS. Absolutely. Versus whenever I'm with my older friends who didn't grow, who didn't start driving with GPS. I'm like, how do you just remember all these streets i can't make it to indy i mean i can't make it to indy without it without a gps i've been there a million times i I just don't look i'm sitting there yeah i'm just going oh i can left i can actually 15 feet (laughs) um i can give you a turn by turn just directions to where i go on vacation in (laughs) in south carolina Carolina. in north yeah Yeah, north carolina Carolina. i can i can ramble off every road i don't know the exit numbers but i can give you i could get you there i could write it down on a piece of paper right now i yeah i could i drove to i drove to defiance ohio today and i could write down every turn yeah and i don't know <laughs> roads insane. like in indianapolis but i know enough about indianapolis to know how to get out of downtown like i know well if i'm over here if i drive this direction i'll run into and indianapolis is great because this, 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 is, this is fun zach how do i get to the ims lot six from here oh, okay so it takes 70 <laughs> take, well from here Come out the studio, turn Broad Street, Broad Street to 3, take 3 south to 70, turn west on 70, uh, takes 
70 all the way into downtown, get on 65 North, and you're going to get on the ramp for 38th Street. And then you get on 38th Street, it dumps you right onto 38th Street. The exit's great. You're going to be in the right two lanes on that ramp, though, because the left one will get you back on 65. Um, and then you're going to take 38th Street to Georgetown Road, turn left on Georgetown Road, turn right on 25th Street, and then turn left on either Meyer or McCray. I can't remember. Meyer Street, I think. And that turns you into Lot 6. Wow. That's that, it? That's impressive, actually. It yeah. is. But, I mean, that's a drive I do like. Actually, I don't do as much as I used to, but a couple times a year, or one time a year, I guess now. Yeah, but yeah, but, yeah. So, I, I I had an atlas when I started driving. They didn't have GPSs yet, <laughs> and like Waze, I only I lo- I love Waze because I try to beat it, which is real hard. Old yeah, GPSs hard were beat, old GPSs were so easy to beat. Yep. It was like, but Waze is hard. Yep. I can do it. And I do it on the regular. <laughs> I started driving with MapQuest, where I would go in Print to the, the computer. Type in where I was going and print out the directions, and then have the directions sitting in the middle console, and try to read them while I was driving. That was yeah. It's a little bit before GPS. Stone tablets, <laughs> Devin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. MapQuest was um, awful too. Like you look at MapQuest and like look at a map, and you're like, why is it doing this? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Devin, are you? Uh, I played golf whenever I was in high school, and played a little bit after, and did some tournaments. Uh, are you are you purchasing the ability to participate in the tournaments? Like, to, do you have to pay to participate? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, there's the small tournaments, uh, the Thursday nighters, Tuesday nighters, like fifteen, twenty bucks. But uh, this weekend's a little bit bigger. Uh, it's a hundred, hundred. Uh, I don't even remember how much it was to to get in. But you 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 pay to play, um, and it's kind of like golf. It reminds me a lot of golf. Um, but that's that's the thing with sponsors is. Uh, those professionals, uh, the high school uh, kids that fish, they they get these sponsors, and then the sponsors pay for all their entry free, all their entry fees, staying at hotels down there, houses, things like that. Um, That's cool. And so they try to group up too. You know, people try to group up, save money. They have the same sponsors. Stick them in Does the house. a lot of that. Uh buy-in does that go to prize money or do you yeah, get prize yeah, that, money? That's yes. So. Um, uh, again, like the small ones, you know, you might you might get two hundred bucks um, in the night. Uh, maybe maybe guys guys would be a little bit bigger buy in, but uh, the professional tournaments are hundred thousand, you know, fifty thousand, seventy five thousand. So how's the how many how many people do you how many entries are expected or boats are expected for Potoka this weekend? Uh, for Potoka, probably. That was a trick question because I didn't I didn't look. Um, but <laughs> you, it's a pretty big tournament. Number. It's it's probably we're we talking fifty any, boats, hundred boats, anywhere from fifty to hundred. Doesn't so, so not looking hell, doesn't make it a trick question. How how do they how do they? Set? I actually just didn't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> how do they? You get a hundred people trying to launch a boat, and I assume maybe you can launch three boats at a time. Mm-hmm. What the? Would they just have everybody on our system just go out there and sit? What do they do with yep. all of these boats? Yep, we're all just sitting out there. Um, for the high school world finals, we had three hundred and eighty-four boats that we had to fit into one little boat ramp. I don't know how it happened, but uh, th- those bigger tournaments they go out in flights. Okay, so you're you're uh, first if you're in the first flight the first day, and uh, the second day you're going to be in the very last flight. So. Call your name, your boat number, whatever. Is there somebody real judgy about the boat launching? Uh, no. I mean, because a lot of people can't back up boats. Um, <laughs> even even tournament anglers are struggling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this some, is this is gonna be some. this is gonna be the the most joyous part of Zach's Zach's adventure here <laughs> yeah. tonight is is hearing about how people can't back up boats. Well, I'll tell you what, because he's a professional 
camper. He, he Zach and I go camping to. all the First time. First of all, I'm going to say two things. One, boats look way harder to back up. They're smaller, you know. They're you can't smaller. see. And they disappear behind you. When, you. when you've got no boat on and you're trying to put an empty trailer down. Because I've tried to back Jeremiah's trailer in before, but one of my favorite uh, follows on Instagram is a, called the Qualified Captain. Mm-hmm. And the Qualified Captain makes me feel better about myself every day <laughs> because I can understand the messing the trailering part up, but the number of pictures that that guy posts, or female, I'm not sure who runs the feed, of trucks in water. Oh, yeah. yeah. Completely yeah. gone. I've never and, seen that. And, I mean, like, th- th- this week there was a Porsche Cayenne. <laughs> and completely submerged. Like I, I'm I like, hope they were backing in a three hundred dollars shit box of yeah. an aluminum boat. Oh my gosh, that would be the best. And <laughs> then like, John and then boat. there's just a bunch of other stuff just about random boats and just people poorly operating them. And I remember there was a pretty cool video of a guy who had like the uh, rope he's going to tie the boat off on, hanging off of the dock or off the side of the boat oh, with, with, a like, stick. with a with stick. a stick. And he backs the boat in, drops it. The boat just slides back. It catches the cleat on the dock and just ties the boat off. I'm like, that guy is a master. And I would love yeah, to sit back incredible. and watch that guy. But then you see the other people that are just like absolutely cannot. And I like said, the side the side thing, I get that. Those trailers have to be a lot worse. I don't understand how you lose an entire my, truck in my the water. Dad's, yeah. My dad's motto has always been, if you get wet launching your boat, you do it wrong. <laughs> So, co-host Chase Payton is my is my fishing partner, and unfortunately, he's uh, for- <laughs> going to say this badly. I get myself in trouble constantly on the show, <laughs> Devin. Uh, unfortunately, he's getting married in a couple of months, and we haven't gone fishing yet this year at all. Chase's we haven't even had a bachelor party. We have we're efforting that. <laughs> we're going to have a great time. That's what I'm scared about this weekend. My boater just had a kid. He, he's not spending time out on the water. <laughs> I need that time out on the water. All right. So, but what happens is I I, I own the boat. I Chase is my is my backup person. He he does the launching for me, and I can do it all solo. But it's a hell of a lot easier if you have somebody to go get the boat and back it in for you. But even Chase, I got my angler who's you know who he's been doing this for fifteen years or so. Uh, that truck you back it back up, and it just the trailer, the empty trailer disappears in front of you. It happens yeah. all the time. Yep, happens all the time. So it, it, it's just occurred to me, Dakota, how much he has in similarities with Chase Payton. Angler yeah. went to Florida, came mm-hmm. back. The whole thing it's a it's it's identical it is true you weren't near were you nearly a college athlete um because chase was chase was a, a college baseball player for like two yeah, semesters no not no i mean I, I wanted to go and i wanted to fish somewhere um I'm, maybe probably could have done it for cross country but you know got weak knees can't do it can't do <laughs> it stop that you know but like my, is that just ever, something uh, people make up because they didn't want to do the math to, uh, of school? What, what, what weak knees for cross country? Is do that you really real? have like knee issues? From no, yeah. Like, I mean, my knees are so bad. I mean, that's genuinely why I stopped. Have um, you ever heard of a knees over toes guy? No. You need to look up so. knees over toes guy on Instagram. He's a he's legit. Help me. I have no knee discomfort whenever I do heavy squats now. I, really? I swear. I okay. promise. Well, I need to figure it out. For real. That's not a joke. That is free advice to everyone. Dakota will personal train you, but you have to do it in the, between the hours of 3.30 a.m. and 4 a.m., or he's busy. Let's get it. Uh, yeah. Let's Four, get it. 4.30 a.m. <laughs> to about 6.40. Where do you work out at? Anytime Fitness. You? Same. Wow. Wait, wait when, is the last time time you, when is the last time you saw 5 a.m.? 
Last time I saw 5 a.m. was he's a, he last does Sunday. Fishing tournaments. <laughs> he's up. I mean, he's up early. Sunday. He just said he's up sometimes three thirty to four in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, this weekend, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. But it's, I, I run on energy drinks. It's awful for me, but hey, you're twenty. You'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, That's I'll be fine. Is. The sugar free energy drinks. Uh, actually, yes, monsters. The white a, monsters. You ever had discipline go? No, it's good stuff. It looks like there's ninety one boats entered this weekend. Oh wow, that was impressive! <laughs> you found is this it. The Indi- is this the Indiana Bass Nation State Finals? Oh yeah, yeah. See, Zach is the best unpaid producer. You that can is possibly awesome. Find. That was awesome. And, I mean, there, and there's some stuff on here. I have no idea what it means. And, what's it, what's and an the, Alabama rig? And an the, Alabama rig? That, that's I should have brought one. With oh, because no. <laughs> they're allowed. Alabama rigs are allowed. Carolina, does it say with three hooks? Does it say with Carolina, three Alabama? What's it just a, says Alabama rigs. One thing though that was interesting is you talked about people going out. It said that there's off limits from Monday. June sixth until the first day. So I'm assuming oh, that yes. means that none of the competitors are allowed on the lake this week. Yes. So a week before the tournament or whatever they say before the tournament, <clears throat> you cannot you cannot practice on the lake. Um, mm, nice. Which which is which is good because it's just yeah, great for you because you, you can't get there because it's yeah, three hours away anyway. You you might think you have something figured out this last weekend, but there's a good chance those fish are not going to be there this weekend. Especially so. with the Indiana weather. I'm assuming the weather when you talk about water temp plays a big part that temperature plays a big part and like you can't do anything with Indiana weather in terms of predictability this week. Yeah, this no, it's, it's been so. extremely tough. I, I came back from Florida thinking, you know, I'm coming out here and I'm catching fish. You know, that, that's what I do. And I get here and I'm not really catching a whole right. lot of fish this year. So, so, uh, so how serious are folks? If, if there's, there's this big tournament this weekend, could somebody fish in a tournament every a significant Indiana tournament every weekend? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I know a lot of people that do that. Um, Kevin Allen, the guy I'm going down with, he's a great buddy. Um, he uh, he fishes. I'm, I'm probably it's usually Saturday and Sunday of every single weekend. Um, since I've been in Florida, I haven't been able to like enter into a trail. Um, I'm just kind of trying to get back into it. But next year, I'm I'm looking to fish at least two tournaments every weekend. I know Summit Lake had. One of the first weekends we were camping out there this year, Zach, I woke up and they were, I was, I had eight fishermen around my boat, around my camper, uh, at, at seven thirty in the morning, my nice private, quiet campsite. Yep. I had, they were all around me and that was, I think that that tournament happens at Summit Lake about five times a year. So I assume that the yeah, are, USA Bassin. Yeah. Yep. It's a, it's a, Hey, the campground holds fish. Let Hell me yeah. tell you, let me tell you. So. so one last question, uh, to do with fishing and do you ever get to keep the fish that you catch during these tournaments or is that um no it's dakota's back to patreon again everybody (laughs) it's actually uh completely release uh catch and release um you know people do obviously catch and eat fish uh in the tournaments it's you can't do it um and i don't do it anyways um unless i'm fishing for bluegill crappie catfish walleye do they have to be alive it, generally speaking you have to you have to be alive at the end they have to be alive um they can't be shorter than the the limit a slot limit the, either a dead fish it, it just depends it varies from tournament to tournament uh dead fish or short fish is either you can't weigh it or it's a like they deduct a pound so uh, hmm. okay but they're like on the D, there's a dnr um that's how I've, there's a dnr like a uh, map or a map a calendar and there's like three or actually like yeah three to four tournaments per weekend in the state park system Mm-hmm. Wow, to keep track of, and some of them, yeah. T- yeah, some of it's like four of them in a weekend, in different lakes. So yeah, Brookville, Morris, Geist, uh, Monroe, Summit. Yeah, <laughs> those are the big ones. 
So I, I tell you what, so we, we talk about Henry County all the time on this show and the gem that Summit Lake is, but it draws people in for a ridiculous number of reasons. And bass, the, the, the fishing tournaments are, are, are a huge part of that as well. Yep, yep. And you go out there and it's not just 30 and 33 license plates. There are people that come from Indianapolis and, and oh, yeah. points way beyond yeah. to come fish here. Yep. I went to school with a guy whose dad all the time was headed to Georgia for fishing. <laughs> he dropped his son off on a Friday for soccer practice with a boat hooked up. I'm like, where's your dad going? Going to Georgia. And all the t- like a couple times a year. So people travel for that kind of stuff. How long, yeah. how long until you get your boat wrapped? Um, maybe if uh, TikTok and YouTube start popping off here lately, that, that, that'll be how long. What so, sponsor are you looking for? Devin Guffey's uh, TikTok page. Um, Just wrap sponsor? it with that. Yeah, that's the uh, way to do it. I can't put TikTok on the boat. I, I can't. You know, I fish around too many old guys. I just—they won't even know what the hell it is. It'll be great. Yeah, we'll see. I, I'd like yeah, to get sponsored by like Mountain Dew or you Dr. Chinese, Pepper. Son? You Chinese, <laughs> yeah. Is that that stuff that Trump was talking about? You guys don't want no more. <laughs> I don't support no TikTok. I actually next thing just you park know, for the girls. The so. next thing you know, they're going to sink your boat. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> be an, an attack. Yep. All right. So. You're in this tournament. If people want to follow along with the fishing and in, in the and how you do, how do how do people hit you up? Um, I mean, go to my Facebook or Instagram. Um, that, that's I'll probably post updates. You know, every day. My Instagram's underscore Devin Guffey and my Facebooks. Was there already Devin another Guffey. Devin Guffey? How the hell do you end up with underscore to start? Is this is this what the kids do? No, I mean, I tried to put Devin Guffey. It just didn't work. It was Devin Guffey thirteen for the longest time. Now it's underscore Devin Guffey. Um, yeah, that's like all my social media. So go hit me with a follow on TikTok. I'll start posting. All of us old millennials <laughs> took all the names the first time, even though none of them are using it. <laughs> yeah. So this is hilarious. I got jeremiahmoral at gmail.com and another Jeremiah Morrill came along like 10 years later. Absolutely pissed at me. It's your name. Because I had the name. I'm like, I don't know, dude. I was born first. Suck it. I don't know. This random thing. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh yeah. Like I've, we were just here first. Yeah. That's how we get stuff. I don't know how to help you. I, I, like, <laughs> Sorry, buddy. When we signed up for Gmail, I think it was like two gigabytes or something <laughs> like that of free stores. Now it's 15. That's, that's the crazy thing about uh, Instagram is people pay ridiculous amounts of money to have the username. Um, you know, like the famous people that have the blue checks, they want just their first name. Well, somebody's already made that, you know, a long time ago. So they're paying $100,000 to go get their username changed. And it's like, I wish I would have had one of those originals. Yeah, it's insane. Sucks to be you. Yeah, yeah. Our our boy Joey Molinero. I think he's uh, he's he just goes by Joey, but I think I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's got just at Joey. I think he's Joey Molinero on all the socials. Yeah. Just thank God, thank God for him. He's got a, a last name that's not uh, it's not Joey Smith, or who would have been he would have been shadow luck. All right, so. Uh, I was going to go with a. Uh, I had all kinds of other stuff planned for this week. I was going to talk about sports. We were going to talk about yeah, an NFL story. We we're going to talk about. We we're going to talk about the a whole golf time thing. that you guys were sharing articles about. Like, I kept seeing screenshots from articles about Watson sexual assault, and I'm like, "Dang, Bubba Watson's really <laughs> <laughs> no idea." Dakota has no clue when it comes to sports. I don't whatsoever. Not his thing. So I, I was I was gonna go on this path and then <laughs> and then there was the Rush County tornado. Of twenty twenty two. Of twenty twenty two. And that, that changed the week. So 
my uh, my family is incredibly lucky and incredibly unlucky at the same time. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's okay. Everybody's good. But yesterday, about four o'clock in the afternoon, Springs thunderstorm pops up. Comes about Posey Township, Rush County. A tornado forms and drops out of the sky and literally drops on my parents' house. What's insane is that. You're texting me whenever this happens, and I live outside of Spiceland. I'm not far from Dunreath, not far from 40, uh, so not that far from your parents' house. Yeah, maybe 20 minutes away, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, about 15 minutes away probably, you know, straight down three. And I'm, you're texting me, uh, a tornado just hit my parents' house. I'm like... It's sunny at my house. Yeah. That's how small the cell was that yeah. hit their home. It was, uh, it, it, so the tornado went from my parents' house directly northeast, and my sister lives like about a mile and a quarter away from them, and then just beyond them, same path, there's the fire department and then the, uh, the elementary school. Tornado hits my parents' house, takes the roof off, knocks off the front porch, takes down an incredible number of trees, takes my parents' 25-foot travel trailer, barrel rolls at about 30 feet, tree drops on top of it, it's destroyed. Mom and my sister were in the house, and they were, they were in the interior bathroom and fine. A couple windows blew, blew in on the house, but the house itself did great. It damaged four houses around the, their house and three others. My sister's house would have literally been next in the path. The tornado lifted up, completely skipped her property, Wow. Dropped back down on the ground, took the roof off the fire department, fire department and then it continued on to the elementary school. Yeah. So, that, it's incredible. And, I mean, that obviously speaks to uh, your mom's good sense. Uh, it sounds like they don't have a basement on their house. No, it's a crawl space. So she knew to get into a central location inside of the house that's away from windows, and they were good to go. And not stand on the porch like every... Midwestern dad. Right. So the, the porch was gone. Yeah. It legitimately, if you if you follow me or, uh, or whatever on uh, on Facebook, you can see I've been posting. I went down uh, right after it happened. I made record time for Muncie. I, my, so this is the real low key. My dad calls me. That The tornado hit like at 4.07. My dad calls me at 4.15. It's like, hey, son, uh, might need you to come down to Rush County tonight and help clean up some stuff. I'm like, what? what? Literally, it's happened. This is... He's not even home yet. He's like, oh, a tornado hit the house, and I think the, the porch is gone. <laughs> and I'm like, and there's a bunch of trees down. Like, totally low, like, calm, whatever. I'm like, everybody's okay. Like, it, it, processing this. Uh, that's so I, I immediately left work, and, and I, was, I was down there within probably 75 minutes of it happening, and it's every bit of an hour drive to get there for me. And there were already 20 people there. You said, so you were messaging me, and... Uh, I I just got home from work, and I'm texting you. I sit down on the couch and like going to take my work boots off, and you're like, "If you're close, yeah. come down." And you said that because you're like, "I'm 40 minutes away." There's a sense of urgency in your messages. Yeah. So you said that. I stopped taking my boots off. I was like, "Wait, is there something like serious?" Because I'm like, didn't really know what was going on. So I asked if I was like, "Are they stuck somewhere?" Yeah. Because I'm like, if they're stuck, then I'm, you know, hopping in my work truck and speed, like, down. speeding down there with a bunch of tools. Yeah, working. It was uh, it was wild. So the my my dad literally just he retired from Allison Transmission two weeks ago. He got a job uh, working for 
uh, Tri-County Power Power Tools, Power Equipment, uh, based in Milroy. All of their people showed up, and they sell generators, saws, all ah. of this All of this equipment all of a sudden just shows up. Their whole perfect. team is yeah, there. Perfect yeah. timing. Uh, my, every farmer in the community shows up. The, the sheriff, the Rush County Sheriff, Rush County Sheriff's deputies, the REMC people were there. The house did great. Like, it would... They literally had power back on in three hours, and it had taken down lines outside. And they're like, yeah. ah, I, I turned the breakers off to the house. And I'm like, eh, we'll see what happens. Turn it back on. Everything came back. So I was like, ah, it's going to be unlivable if you can't get, you can't get water, right? You're on, you're on well water. You can't, right. you can't stay there without water. Power came back on. Everything was okay. Other than the, you know, you literally were in their attic, and it was, the sheeting was gone. Yeah, I saw that picture you posted from inside the attic looking out into the backyard. Yeah. It's insane. But that, what you were just saying... There's 20 people already there. I thought would be a good thing to mention on the show because we talk a lot about, you know, community involvement, trying to do stuff to help your community out. I think it's important. Um, your parents definitely uh, exemplify that. They're super involved in Rush County. I mean, your dad being on the Sheriff Merit Board, your mom, um, I mean, your mom just recently, what she's right now, like, cleaning up headstones and things. Yep, yep. She and, runs Moral Monuments and does uh, does a lot of work in Henry County, Rush County, uh, cleaning up uh, headstones. She managed the, the Rushville Cemetery for a number of years. So we're looking at the Facebook posts from your parents and you about the damage that happened to their house, and your mom's like, just wanted to say thank you to everybody, you know, something that you would expect, and then you see what she's, like, posting. Yeah. She's tagging, like... Fire department. The list of people that showed up instantly. And all, it's not just people, but it's like. uh, We got there and literally like, so Posey Township Fire Department lost their roof, but that was the command center. So, and there were, there were, best I can tell, four houses were damaged. Like it was very rural area, a lot of Mm cornfields, a lot of bean fields, and they were just right place, wrong time, whatever. Uh, But they, you know, they set up a command center at the Township Fire Department without a roof I drove by that place and the parking lot was full and they were all just rolling out to, to take care of people. Right. Uh, and they were going street by, you know, road by road. And you would see the Manila fire department from Rush County. You'd see the Morristown fire department rolling Mm -hmm. by. You saw, you saw all of these different townships that were, that were covering mutual aid. It was incredible. All volunteers just showing up. So, yeah, I thought, you know, this is a pretty good, you know, if you look at it, if you're, if you're involved in your community, and you're forging relationships with, you know, people in your community, like we've talked a lot about a lot in the past, then not only are you helping the place that you live, which is important, it's not only important for you, but it's important for the children that you may have and the children that they have, but it could also come in really handy whenever something unexpected and terrible happens to you and your property where you all of a sudden have a team of people who are on your side and willing to help instantaneous pizza showed up my my sister's uh my sister's in-laws were there her her entire extended family it was it was just uh, phenomenal the amount of people that showed up the equipment there were there were four different pieces of heavy equipment there within two hours just boom out of nowhere tractors skid steers some giant tree moving device that was, i'd never seen they called it a gravel a gravel something uh but it was just this the jaws of whatever that would grab tree trunks that were cut up and, and pile them up your wife sent a picture that she was trying to keep cows in the field so yeah the, so 
this is my uh the hobby farming deal my sister kept a couple of cows at their house my parents have like seven acres and maybe maybe four of it is 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 uh high tensile fence well they lost some gigantic trees so there were a couple of cows that were pastured there and it was an electric fence that trees an electric fence it's shorted out that's not going to work so the cows are going to figure it out pretty damn quick so that was actually the probably the most urgent thing we had to do and thankfully you know there were 20 people that showed up that had a clue about animals and understood where to stand, where not to stand to, to move cows. Cause it's a, sadly I've chased a lot of cows in my life and you, you can, can't just, you can't just, you can't just walk up to cows. a cow and walk them onto a trailer. You've got to be very particular about how you move them, uh, not riling them up and you've got to back your trailer up and they're skittish it, it was, animals. Yeah. It was he, a, it was did, an adventure. He actually learned that, uh, from the farmer's book that he whipped out to <laughs> yes. you know, save his goat that yeah. he actually didn't. If you go to Patreon, you get the full, the full story. <laughs> Uh, once again, you can learn. You learn a lot of lessons about what not to do along along oh, the yeah. way. Uh, but yeah, the cows uh, the cows got safely relocated and they didn't get hurt. But uh, yeah, crazy times. You never know. Perfectly sunny, happy day. I actually literally I'd looked. I, I was like, man, we got a really quiet spring. I, I maybe I caused this knocking on wood. And I was like, ah, you know, I haven't heard a damn tornado that's been. We haven't had these big pop up afternoon storms. None of that it, stuff. It's been nice it was and calm. A weird day. I went to the grocery store, and my brother's like, "Oh, watch out! There might be a storm hitting." And I checked the radar. I'm like, "No, it just went north." I could hear it. I could see it. The whole time I drove to Kroger, it was which is a mile and a half. It was raining but sunny, which is my favorite weather for Midwest. You know, the sun's yeah. messed up. And then when I got walk out of Kroger, the pavement's dry. I was in Kroger for five minutes because I grabbed two things walk out it's the pavement's dry except for spots where there were like deep deeper puddles where like the pavement had divots in and by the time i got home though going home the road at home was completely soaked it was just starting to dry a little bit even though right. the sun was out in both places so it was a thing where in the in the span of a mile and a half and that's with a a very square direction like a about a half mile up the hill or about three quarters of a mile up the hill and three quarters of a mile uh south you could tell the rain had been different even in that span of time. So Right. I I had talked to my wife. I was like, well, it's a good thing we got the rain. We kind of needed it because whenever I was at work, I got caught in an absolute downpour. And she's like, it didn't really rain. I was like, huh? What? It, yeah. it definitely rained. Yeah, it was a super, super weird day. But like Jeremiah said, it has been a pretty, you know, relatively calm spring we didn't really have that much but now we're getting into the summer months and we're it's going to be drought weather yeah i had some friends that were up in muncie and they spent about 15 minutes in their basement because the storm came through the blue yeah it got pretty nasty so it was kind of you they're talking about like 60 to 80 mile an hour wind i know at one point during the day jeremiah shared a storm cell that was going through and was about to hit for sale state park and that one i think they were talking about potentially golf ball size hail uh, and you're just like, yikes. Cat has got hit pretty hard as well. Um, you think, oh, F1 tornado, not the big of a deal. Literally took a 4,500-pound camper and f- moved it 30 feet, flipped it upside down, and just, just the, total I, Talladega barrel The, the craziest thing about tornadoes is the, the finite point of destruction that they have. Like, you think mm-hmm. about it's – you have, like, neighbors – and then the story that's always been, I, I think, like, I don't know if it's urban legend or whatever, but a storm that came through, I think it came through Newcastle a long time ago, and it took a house. But they had a shelf on the back porch that was against the wall of the house that had preserves on it, and the preserves were fine. 
but the house was missing, like was gone. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. And and so I think it's and so as you hear, but but that's how, like they literally, I heard like they literally have to get a helicopter or a drone up in the air, and they can just follow exactly where it went because it'll just be this path of right. You can see exactly just follow where exactly, it goes. and then you see where they pick up, and then they'll skip a neighborhood or skip a house thankfully it skipped your family so it didn't take out i mean that, that would be horrible luck if it hit both, two ha- yeah. hit both of your families like oh yeah they only hit five houses 40 percent of them was one family um but yeah they can pick up and just go right over it and then drop back down a few minutes later they're real unpredictable a couple other things we noticed real quick before we before we wrap up Every bit of grass on the ground was laying in the same direction. Like, Dad, how'd you get this? You got a real lawn care manicure stuff to <laughs> yeah. do this. There were corn stalks everywhere. You know, this came from corn fields, you know, hundreds of feet away or whatever, just strewn all over the place. Uh, just absolutely wild. So, Dakota, you, you, you deal with the severe weather in the day job. What, what, mm-hmm. If something happens, what do people need to know on, on that side? Electric safety. If you see a downed power line, do not move. That's it. Don't move at all. You're Don't safe where you all. are. Don't move. If you absolutely have to move, um, do not take steps. Instead, place your feet together and jump in that direction, moving your feet at the same time. If you take a step you are, and the ground is energized, you are creating a difference of potential between your two legs and difference of potential. It's going to go from one side to the other. Right. It's going to travel through your body. If you jump up and down... But if you are not a very agile person, just stay where you are. It's a good way to break a hip. Yeah. If you, and if you jump and you fall backwards on your butt, then guess what? Your feet and your butt make contact. Then you might as well have just taken a step. So assume all down power lines are energized. So if, if something, say a storm hits your house, should you turn the breakers off at the house? What, should, what kind of stuff should you do there? Or does it not matter? Uh, at that point... I don't think it really matters. You're not going to get anything inside of your home. Um, You've either got it or you don't. And unless you have like a generator or something that automatically kicks on, then you have no way of like back feeding towards the line to create a fire hazard. So, yeah. Good to go. You're all right. All right. Well, yep. Crazy, uh, crazy time. But uh, thankful, thankful. Number one, mo- nobody was hurt. Uh, and we'll just see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Now the cleanup begins. It's, it's, I, I should clarify. It's not a bad idea to turn off the breakers to your house uh, for the sake of the grid, because there's such a thing called cold load. Whenever I'm the guy that goes out and I flip the breaker back on and I pick up everything all at once, and that's every air conditioning. They all every try to light hit at the same time. Going in at the same time. Um, sometimes if it's already a circuit in like a area that's experienced a lot of growth, like Carmel or Noblesville, other areas, then you can already be pretty close to that line and that cold load can kind of take it over. So yeah, you know, they've power companies have always advised people like in a, the event of a power outage, turn off breakers to your, um, uh, high load appliances. So well, very I, good. I always tell the story of real quick. This is kind of funny. It was around Christmas time, and I was called to Arcadia. And Ooh, fancy Hamilton County. Yeah, I had never been there before. And there was a really, really bad storm that winter. And I drove around all kinds of places, and I finally get to the substation that I was going to. And I'm there. Um, 
it just so happened that that one sub was on a mobile substation. So there's one breaker for all of the area. There's like five different circuits. They're all in one. And I'm standing there, and I get instruction. Just, just one of those uh, 20 amp deals. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I'm standing there, and I get instruction. Okay, you can go ahead and close the breaker. And I click it, and then all of a sudden, there's hundreds of Christmas lights from houses <laughs> oh, all around me. You had a Clark Griswold moment. <laughs> and I had no idea that there were houses anywhere around me. I thought it was in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> the start and finish of the night with Clark Griswold. <laughs> oh, yeah, he had a Clark Griswold moment. Like, literally, how hilarious that been to have known about that and had a, just had a drone in the air yeah, just, re- just, just recording just it. Like, <laughs> just like, this is the power. This is how I know everything got Zach on board everything with content creation. On. He's, Dakota's trying to restore power for everybody, and Dakota, Zach's like, I want the shot. This yeah, is going to yeah. Get the drone Get shot. Get the drone out, fly it, and then we can do it. Well, if you've ever, I mean, the scene in Christmas Vacation where he turns the lights on and it dims all the other lights, like the whole area just goes dead. And then they come back on, and, and it's good. And it's saying that a guy essentially flipped a switch. Like you, you're the guy that got to flip a switch, and turn on. Yeah, I'm the guy that flips the switch. Yeah, you want to talk about a cold load scenario? I've never seen loading like that in my entire <laughs> life. I was so bad that I called. I was concerned. I'm, this doesn't look normal. They're like, it's normal for that area. I was like, okay. Well, I'm used to Newcastle. Not Arcadia. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we start to uh, start to wrap up and get to final thoughts. Devin, is is the flip the switch thing still on? Still happening on the social medias? The flip the switch challenge that was a, that was the thing two years. Oh, ago. The, what is that? I just flipped the yeah. switch. Yeah, yeah. Flip. Nobody does that now. No, I mean you know every once in a blue moon. Yeah. Uh, it's social media's trends now. It's okay, you, know? you don't have if, to be nice to them if somebody does something. <laughs> that's what everybody else is doing. Well, when did we have Liam Pinheiro on the show? Two years ago. That was, oh, when geez. Liam was on, that was the, his one of his big viral videos yeah. was his uh, was his version of that. That's why I'm uh, that's why I'm remembering that. Mm. Okay, yeah, no, that's there's always a reference. Sometimes it might be from something from the he's 80s, like, he's the like 70s, not 2000s. Even, Liam isn't even like doing content creation now. He's like flipping houses. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's house, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, sometimes he will. He still tries to be funny on the internet, but yeah. it's a, he's pivoted. Pivot. Like Devin, yeah, Devin, like, Devin's changed a couple of times. Estate. He's like Gary V. Now. His plan, Gary V. I love Gary V. Dude, <laughs> I absolutely love Gary V. Your your plan is just to be an influencer somehow. At this point, it's just it, what, blank sheet of paper. Decide yeah, what's going to happen. Fishing. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to. Do, I'd like influencer. to do fishing. I'd like to do vlogging. I mean, something. I don't want to work a nine to five. You know, I mean, I don't want to be stuck digging holes in the ground. <laughs> so we'll see nothing wrong with digging holes someone's gotta do it dude i think vlogging is, is perfect for you yeah. it's, it's something different every day well yeah my life's hectic it's crazy it's fun I we have know. we have another boss hog alum is the most unexpected vlogger daily vlogger man three times a week vlogger now but mark brim is our um he he's, our, he, he's he's gone back to three times a week now uh he worked at earlham college and he, if you didn't know him, he would think he's 63 years old, drives a, a truck from before you were born and almost from when I was born. Uh, he gave up his college, uh, college uh, video department job to move to South Dakota, and he's a farmer. So he has started the Clueless Farmer uh, YouTube page. Really? And it, it's a daily vlog of him just – he's been out there a year. It's a one-year anniversary, and it's spectacular. 
It's. I think it is Zach's favorite channel on YouTube. I'm gonna it's have really to check good. it out. I it's got great. behind on during the month of May, but it's got. Yeah, he's hilarious. And you, you, we're the same age. Mark, the same age as Mark Brim, and uh, and as much uh, issue as our the guy who did, sat in the seat before me gave me about my age. I was shocked to find out that we were <laughs> the same age because he. He just he's a grumpy old man in a 39-year-old body <laughs> and it's hilarious. Mark but. is uh, without a shadow of the doubt the funniest guest that we've ever had on the show. Unintentionally funny. He, yeah. Unintentionally. He just but yeah, his could if he knew that he was being funny then he he could have a like a sitcom. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah, they would he is a he is a character, like a literal character like you couldn't have come up with somebody like him out of your yeah. brain yeah he's an organic thing yeah it's a funny it's a funny channel though Devin, for our, for us and our audience vlog it vlog this weekend okay put it put it out there on the youtube okay we'll, we'll get it started we'll help you promote it you get it done we'll help we'll help promote it we'll get our i swear to god christy avery will buy a t-shirt tomorrow if you if you have a t-shirt right on. um and one of the most awesome supporters we've ever had so, I said she was the most generous. She she ever. is. She'll do it. She'll do it tomorrow. She rescued. I know we're trying to wrap up. Oh, I will. Yeah. I will save this for the end. Jeremiah, I, I, I have to I, pee so bad. Oh, you go do it if you need to. I'm going to let Devin do. I I bolted and did it. Let's go. Let's let's keep it going. Final thoughts, Devin. Anything we need to clean up? Any other stories we forgot? If you want to drag them out 10, 15 minutes, it's totally fine. I've got a bottle here for Dakota. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go under. Um, no, a, a big thing I picked up on uh, when you were talking about the tornado. Um, you said a lot about your uh, parents, you know, giving out to the community all the time uh, and how, how thankful they were for them. I've been reading a book. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, something, I don't remember the name now. It's uh, it's kind of about the law of attraction, uh, love, health, and money. And that's that's just kind of what it is. You know, you, you put you put good out in the world and you get you get good back, especially in the times that you need it the most. So I, I that kind of hit home. You know, I've been reading about that. So that... I kind of, you know, gave me a big bump. You reap what you sow, right? That's right. All right. So if people want to follow you, underscore Devin Guffey on all the socials. Yep. That's the, uh, the official uh, the official answer. Zachary, any final thoughts? And you can make fun of Galt now if you want to. Oh, <laughs> no, I'll let you talk about Galt. That was that kind of made my, man, th- yeah, there's a private chat that is hilarious as how mean people could be. And Chris Galt is the <laughs> biggest bullseye in that chat. Um, I was going to thank all the, the, for some of the, for the centennial stuff that happened. Thanks to Nate Lamar for letting me participate in the torch run. Uh, I got like, congratulations from some people for participating, but I'm just like, Hey, it's like, you know, <laughs> somebody said run. That's what I do. So, um, it was real, it, that was a cool thing to participate in. Um, the torch wasn't too heavy and it was, and it was pressure not to drop it when it was hot and I'm sweaty because it was the actual state centennial, uh, bicentennial torch from the, from yeah. a couple of years ago. Um, and thanks to all the people like, uh, Aaron Dickin and who's done some stuff and obviously Carrie Barrett and those people. Cause that's like I said, it was, uh, it was cool to see all those people downtown. I didn't get to do too much of the Broad Street Cruise because I had my kids with me and they were not being nice. Poor Zach had to babysit. I had to babysit and then bail because I suddenly wouldn't even sit still. I was like, just sit there in the shade. I'm going to walk around. He wouldn't let me do that. So, um, But they still got some more stuff coming on that. So keep an eye on the calendars or online. And they've got the uh, basketball knockout competition coming up. We're going to go for a world record in, what, two weeks or so? So keep an eye on that for that stuff. But thanks for the stuff that they've done already. And for let me participate in part of it. D squared. Um, I don't really have anything. I just want to say that I'm glad everything was 
fine with your parents. You had me worried there. Uh, oh, we were all worried, dude. <laughs> you had me really worried. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, glad everything's all right with them. Um, it was a full twister story. They were cows. The whole yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. One of them, none of them went for a ride. As far as we know. <laughs> I was driving home from work. So I was like, he's like, oh, everybody's okay. I'm like, that's good. And then like the next day I saw a picture and I saw their dog, Newt, who is a majestic beast of an mm-hmm. animal. And I was like, oh, good. Newt's cool too. Newt's, yeah. Newt's patrolling the, the area, keeping an eye on things. So I was like, well, I'm glad he's good too. Cause yeah, you never know. Stuff like that's just chaos when like, Newt got mentioned on the Fox Fox fifty nine news. Newt's a cool dog. They, like the, the the reporter made sure he mentioned that Newt Tatum and my mother all wrote it out in the bathroom together. <laughs> Newt's, the whole, the whole, and, Newt's um, a beast of a dog. I wanted to mention that I saw uh, on my way here tonight. I happened to see a sheriff had someone pulled over on State Road three, and I looked over and saw our friend John Sproles was the sheriff walking up to a car. So glad to see he's doing good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good to see that he's doing his job <laughs> and uh also my wife the dainty daisy tumbler she has got a summer drop coming up biggest drop she's done yet she's got 20 cups Ooh. ready to sell so hopefully she sells out and it's a good one i think these are her best cups yet but we'll see if you're looking for a custom birthday gift for that girlfriend of yours that's a, right a custom dainty daisy Actually, cup. i'll hit you up after the podcast fantastic opportunity so your girlfriend's birthday soon yeah, this month, 18th, 21st. All right. There's a rush order fee. We'll hook you up. She said they're ready to sell, son. There you go. Um, Dad says they're having a cleanup day at the house Sunday. Check his Facebook post. All are welcome to come. Really quickly, friend of the show, Boss Hog alum, Chris Galt, had the opportunity to go to to, uh, to the Detroit IndyCar Grand Prix. He got hooked up. He got tickets. He was on when they showed the, the, the national TV broadcast. They're playing the national anthem, and Galt is standing on pit road with the race team standing there like he's on a tire changer mm-hmm. as, as the national anthem's going on. And I'm like, they literally let him in anywhere. <clears throat> we love Chris. He's OG We Are Libertarians from the very beginning. The episode 15 is, a, is literally a fight between Chris Galt and Creighton Harrington and, and the first massive split in the history of the show. Chris is not the best at vehicle maintenance. So last Allegedly. summer, last summer, Chris had a, a tire go flat on his car. He put the spare on and moved on with his life and drove around on the spare for months, <laughs> for months until, until that tire went flat. And then there's no spare. And then right. he's the victim of, of having no spare. So at the time I said what was considered to be by everybody in the group chat, a heartless answer, Devin. Chris, you need five new tires. You need you literally need five new tires. Yep. Chris makes good money, by the way. He's not Chris, Chris does fine. Eight months later, he's gotten the opportunity of a lifeline to go to De- Detroit to Detroit for the IndyCar race. He, he was up there all day on Sunday. He's coming back home eleven thirty at night. I sixty nine, Fort Wayne, Indiana, hometown of the wonderful Christy Avery. Tire blows out. Chris Galt pulls over on the left side of the interstate Again, yeah. in the dark. Against a wall. Against a barrier wall. <laughs> goes to change the tire. No tire iron. No spare. Oh. Yeah, no tire iron. He hadn't checked. He said, oh, the people that replaced the spare obviously didn't give me my tire iron back. Oh. So he's told it's a five-hour wait to get picked up. And then uh, apparently the 
I, this is a Chrysler town, so I'm not going to pick on it too much. But there's there's some sort of an issue with lug nut swelling after about four or five years on a Chrysler 200. <laughs> so the the roadside assistance people literally couldn't get it off either. There's, there's a, a weight. I think there's a dissimilar metals problem that causes it to expand, and they couldn't get the wheel off. What I was told by the mechanic, I have newer uh, wheels and tires. They're Helio wheels, and uh, what I was told is there's like a chromium cap that goes over top of the actual steel lug nut. Yeah. This is to keep it from corroding. And that will swell if it heats up. Mine had swollen because I had a sticking brake caliper. Yeah. And he's like, but what can be done is taking a pair of channel locks and just breaking that just beat the baby off of them. there. So... So and getting to the steel underneath. The incredible Christy Avery took pity on our friend Chris, picked him up, and then he uh, he got to buy himself four to five new tires that that next morning, Monday morning, and did make it home safe. Allegedly, he only bought four. Oh, and <laughs> poor Christy Avery, she was just out of isolation. Because right. I yeah. saw a post of earlier on Sunday, she's like, "I'm finally out of isolation," and then she has to deal with Galt. It well, you un- know, <laughs> you've been in isolation that long. Desperate for anybody. All right. Next week's show, uh, we have uh, Councilwoman Betsy Mills coming on. Betsy, uh, Betsy was heavily involved in the time capsule, but the main thing we want to talk to her about next week is she just, uh, she just did some humanitarian work. We're on a whim. She, uh, she flew to Poland uh, and, and spent a week over, uh, over there helping out some, uh, some Ukrainian refugees in the, in the war. So I said, man, that is something interesting. We've got to talk to our girl Betsy and see, uh, see what's going on. So with that, we thank you guys for tuning in, and we will catch you next Thursday night.